0: Digabit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello, this is the last Digabit for the year 2021, and I know that we are a couple of days out from 2021. We are January 2nd, I believe, of 2022, but we are having a delayed podcast this month that will be aired on or live to you on this coming Tuesday night, and I think that you'll probably get this before Tuesday night, and, and that's January 4th, I believe, at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. That will be our last podcast for the year 2021. That will be our December podcast. We are talking about the betrayal of both Judas and Peter. In relation to that betrayal, for this little dig a bit, I wanted us to talk just a little bit about confession. I think by studying Peter and Judas, not only do we learn something about how we should act after we have or after we should make um, a decision to fail to confess or to betray Christ, we can still be forgiven of that, and we see the response to to that sin by um, Judas and by Peter, two very different responses, and we learn from that. But it's so important for us to learn, first of all, some preparation, some Um, proactive things that we can do to be sure that we never allow our faith to be tried to the point that we are tempted to betray our Lord, to fail to confess Him at times when we are able to present truth to the world and confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So I wanted to address the practically speaking part of the lesson for this time. I wanted us to talk about the practical thing that it asks us to do there if you are a parent sit down with your kids at a family bible time this month and do two of the following and there's a couple of things there articulate what you will say if an enemy of the cross ask you if you believe that jesus is the son of god and practice this good confession decide what your children should say if professors in colleges actually want to make them deny the existence of the creator while they can make it known that they are answering questions from the viewpoint of an evolutionist on a test for instance they can never simply answer the test questions as if there is no god without including a confession of their faith as at least a footnote on that test paper next choice decide what they should say and practice with them if they're in a situation where government officials are forcing their endorsement celebration even of sin practice the bold statement while i respect every person as being made in the image of god i cannot add my endorsement to the sin of homosexuality abortion whatever it might be for those teen boys who plan to publicly proclaim the gospel practice what you would say if you were Arrest was threatened because of preaching exactly what Romans 1 says about homosexuality. It's very important to plan to not deny him. Peter planned to not deny, but caved at the last minute. He didn't see it coming. Let's help our children to see it coming while we pray that our religious freedoms can be spared. Then the other choice is, if you are not a parent, read the book of Jude and make a list of sins you see in that chapter that have the three earmarks of presumptuous sins. I think that one's rather forthright. You know, I've had a couple of people contact me and say, exactly what do you mean by this? How do we practice the good confession other than just standing in front of a mirror and saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Well, I want to give you a few things to think about real quickly here when when we're thinking about confession. And then hopefully this will be useful in a practical way as you try to talk to your children about planning to never deny the Lord. First off, I, wanted, I thought it would be helpful for us to look at some Bible passages that speak about great examples of confession in our New Testaments. Listen to some of these verses. Matthew 10:32, Jesus actually said, "Whoever shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven." Well, what exactly does that mean? What exactly was Jesus commanding? In Luke 12:8, he said a similar thing. I say to you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of man also confess before the angels of God. Romans 10:8 and 9. But what does it say? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Listen to this one. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I think we get a hint there of what we are confessing when we confess Christ. We believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and that he is Lord. Philippians 2 verse 11 says that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So from those two passages, we pretty much know that confession involves admitting, agreeing to the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. 1 John 2 23 says, whosoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father, but he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So here we're confessing that He is Lord and that He is the Son of God. 1 John 4, 15 says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him and He in God. So we have him being Lord, we have him being the Son of God. Matthew ten thirty three. Whosoever shall deny being before men, him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. The converse of what we are saying. And then Jesus said to Peter in Matthew twenty six thirty four, Verily I say unto you that this night before the cock crow you will deny me thrice. Now Peter sat without in the palace and a damsel came to him, verse 69, saying, You were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what you are saying. Whosoever, Mark 8, 38, will be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So it's an unashamed confession. It's a confession that he's Lord. It's a confession that he is the Son of God. But you denied the Holy One and the Just One and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Inherent in the confession is that Jesus Christ is holy and just. Second Timothy 2, 12 and 13 says, If we suffer, we will reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will deny us. If we believe not, yet He abides faithful, He cannot deny Himself. First John 2:22, who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. So he is Lord, He is the Son of God. He is the Christ, He is just and holy. All of that is inherent in our confession that Jesus is the Son of God. Now listen to these actual confessions from the Bible. First of all, Peter, Simon Peter answered and said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son." of the living god so that's uh, basically what the confession that we've said he's the christ he's the son of a living god john 6 69 and we believe and are sure there's the confidence the the surety of our, the statement that we're making and we believe and are sure this is peter that thou art that christ the son of the living god nathaniel said in john 1 he said to them rabbi you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. The woman at the well in John 4 29, said to the people of her town, Come see a man who told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Martha in John eleven twenty seven 27, said, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Thomas said in John 20 28, My Lord, And my God, we're still hearing the same thing. Lord Christ, Son of God. The Ethiopian eunuch, Philip said to him, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The confession is that he is Lord, that he is Christ, that he is the Son of God. And inherent in that confession is that he is righteous, holy, and just. So those are some biblical examples of the confession that we want to teach our children to make, and I think we should practice that. We should read these passages to them and say, if we want to confess Christ, we, are, we want to be confidently and saying of a surety, and we saw the confidence in these verses, we want to say of a surety. We want to speak up and say it. Say it with a loud voice when we need to. Don't hesitate to say it. Don't be nervous to say it, that Jesus is the Christ the Son of the living God, and He is holy and just. And we can go ahead and add with our children, and I am going to make every decision based on what would Jesus the Christ have me to do. That's a great thing to teach our children to be able to say, Now what about the time of the confession? I I know that sometimes we teach our children, and we should teach them, to memorize the steps of salvation. hear, believe, repent, confess Christ, and be baptized for the remission of our sins, and live faithfully. But certainly with confession and repentance and belief as well, we have to teach our children that this is not the only time that we confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There are going to be multiple times in our lives when our Because we are not in agreement with the world, we are going to be in strong agreement with Christ, and so we have to state that we are one with Christ. And we state that by saying, no, I'm not gonna see that movie because i am a christian i believe that jesus christ is the son of god what's wrong with saying that we need to prepare our children especially in the secular society in which they're growing up in which they are going to face persecution for being christians we have to prepare them to say it boldly to say it strongly and to say it at the point when decisions are being made no i'm not going to be able to do that wednesday night i'm a christian see and my congregation meets on Wednesday night for Bible study. That's the priority for me. Those times are times when our children are confessing Christ. And I, I would submit that those times are harder than the time when our children decide to put on Christ in baptism and have a whole big support group there watching them being baptized and congratulating them on making the best decision of their lives. That confession's relatively easy to make. But the confession sometimes before the world, when we get older and in college and we're being pressured to do things, to say things, to agree to things that are not biblical and are not the righteousness and justness of the Christ, the Son of God, when our children face those situations and are tempted, then the confession becomes much harder to make. We need to prepare them for The fact that we are not going to be like the world we are not going to agree with the world confessing is agreeing that uh, i i confess christ so i agree that he is who he says he is he is the son of the living god i wanted to um close by just giving you a few of the last words of some of the early christian martyrs and when i say christian here some of them are a couple of hundred second century people and so they may not have been uh, walking in the pure new testament gospel but these are people who gave their lives as they confessed christ and the last words in the first century of course re- we remember that we have stephen's words in act 7 in jerusalem and he said look i see the heavens opened And the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Don't charge them with this sin. That's not the King James Version, but that's a fairly good rendering of what he said there. I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at God's right hand. That's a confession that he is deity. He is at God's right hand. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He confessed him as he was dying. These are very important to go over with your children because uh, it is just so powerful to see the different ways that they um, confessed Christ and the impact that it had on the people who were around them. James, as he died, he is said to have said, I beg you, Lord God, our Father, forgive them for they are unaware of what they are doing. Peter um, was said to have given his life in Rome, uh, being, uh, history tells us he was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be crucified, wasn't worthy. He said to be crucified in the same way as Christ. But his words are really, all of that is more than speculation. It's probability because we have some historical records. But Second Peter 1, 13 and 3, 18 tell us some of the last words, the confessional words of Peter. I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, As our Lord Jesus Christ showed me grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and in the day of eternity what would be wrong with us making that confession before we're baptized well nothing would be wrong with it because that's confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and he is the Son of God Uh, Paul in Rome said, For I am already on the point of being sacrificed. I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness. In the second century, and of course, these aren't biblical examples, they are historical examples, but Shemuna of Syria said, You are God of all. And to you belongs glory and praise, because it has pleased you that we should carry on to its close the conflict we have entered, and that we should receive at your hands the brightness that shall never fade away, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you say that the Father God, Jehovah, is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of course you are confessing Christ. In peace, receive our spirits to yourselves, to yourself. Charbel of Syria said Christ be merciful to me as you were merciful to the penitent thief receive me like those who have turned to you as you have turned to them I have entered your vineyard at the 11th hour deliver me from judgment let your death which was for the sake of sinners restore me to life again in the day of your coming Clement of Rome said lord we beseech you to help and defend us deliver the oppressed pity the poor lift those who have fallen be the portion of those in need return to your care those who have gone astray feed the hungry strengthen the weak and break the chains of the prisoners may all the people come to know listen that you only are god that jesus christ is your child and that we are your people and the sheep of your pasture almighty god father of our lord jesus christ grant we pray that we might be grounded and settled in your truth by the coming of your Holy Spirit into our hearts. Ignatius, I'm going to read just a couple more. Ignatius of Antioch said, My desires are crucified. The warmth of my body is gone. A stream flows whispering inside me. Deep within me, it says, Come to the Father, near to the sword. I am near to God. Wow, near to the sword. I am near to God. In the company of wild beasts, I am in company with God. Only let all that happens be in the name of Jesus Christ, so that we may suffer with him. I can endure all things if he enables me. I am God's wheat. May I be ground by the teeth of the wild beasts until I become the fine white bread that belongs to Christ. And then Polycarp, we've read a lot of um, history from Polycarp. He says, Lord God Almighty, Father of your beloved and blessed child, Jesus Christ. Well, there's the confession. I bless you that you have thought me worthy of this day and this hour that I may be able to share in the number of the martyrs to drink from the cup of your Christ, that I may rise and live forever, body and soul, in the incorruption of the Holy Spirit. May I be admitted with those martyrs to your presence this day as a welcomed and acceptable sacrifice. You have made my life a preparation for this. Wow, Polycarp is saying there that you have made my whole life The preparation for martyrdom. You let me see that this was to happen, and now you have brought it to pass, for you are the true and the faithful God. I think those are very powerful confessions that were made, and I think it's great if you have teenagers to go over these confessions with them. I want our children in a society that's going to mock them at times for being Christians going to mock the decisions that they make that are based on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. The society that we live in is so secular at this point that it makes fun of Christianity. It mocks those who believe in absolute truth. And so our children need to be prepared to say in a thousand ways that Jesus Christ is the Son of God at every opportunity that they may have and i want to just get tell you a secret gets easier and easier oh you say how can it get easier in a society that's becoming more and more persecuting of christians it gets easier because once we have the courage to say it and once we begin to reap the consequences of saying that jesus christ is the son of god in a secular society once we start to do that our courage grows we pray for boldness like Peter and John did in Acts 3-5 through when they were being thrown into prison over and over again for confessing Christ. We just pray for boldness. And God is faithful and He will give us what we need to continue confessing Him. And the promise is that if we confess Him before men, He's going to confess us. Be our advocate. Be our attorney before God and confess us before God the Father. And we can hear those words enter into the eternal home that I prepared for you. I hope that that's helpful as we prepare our children for confession in a world that mocks confession of Jesus Christ. I read these words and I'll close with them. Lord, of, I think this was by a man named Swinstead, Lord of every thought and action, Lord to send and Lord to stay, Lord in speaking. Riding and going lord in all things to obey let me tell you another secret when we start confessing him we're going to be obeying him because there is great risk in confession and once we are willing to put uh, to risk some things on the line of confession then we've already crossed over into this arena in which it becomes very difficult to disobey him It's a test of our loyalty. Confession is a stepping stone to complete an utter submission. It is um, a great and very practical thing that we need to be instilling into our children. You know, it's tangible because it's something that... Uh, Comes from one of our five senses. It comes from our tongues. It's a way that we use our bodies to glorify Him in preparation for a time when we can enjoy His full glory in heaven. I hope that the study of betrayal and confession has been beneficial to you. I'm really looking forward to 2022 and we get to start out the year of 2022 by a study of what Jesus said during his last days about heaven itself. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, you know, when you when you went down into the waters and were baptized into Christ, you made a vow to him. You married him, and you made a vow to him for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in health and in adversity, and, and to have him and to hold him until is it until death do you part? No, no, no. It is until you, until death unites you with him forever. You made a vow. And heaven is the goal of that marriage that you made to Christ. Let's make 2022. I hope it's a better year. I hope it's a healthy year. I hope it's a richer rather than poorer year. But let's make it the year that we have him and we hold him. We cling to his promises of heaven. And we will study those promises during the next month. Have a great day.